0: All-new episode of Geeks Against the Grain. I am your host, Jawan, and today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. With summer right around the corner, the time is now to look and feel fresh, especially below the waist. Think about all the upcoming pool parties, beach days, road trips, and backyard barbecues, and to ensure that you are ready to capitalize when the right situation presents itself, visit manscaped.com. Manscaped.com takes the risk out of manscaping thanks to precision-engineered tools which are optimized for male grooming and hygiene. At on Shark Tank, visit manscaped.com to find out why they are number one in men's below-the-waist grooming. You'll want to keep an eye out for the perfect package 2.0 kit that includes the lawnmower 2.0, an electric trimmer worthy of getting up close and personal below the waistline, which features skin-safe technology to ensure a Nick-free manscaping experience. Get 20% off free shipping and a free travel bag with promo code GEEKVIBE20 at manscaped.com. Again, promo code is GEEKVIBE20 at manscaped.com. Uh, make sure you guys check that out and shop at Manscaped.com for all your grooming needs. Uh, now, back to the regular schedule program, uh, I want to introduce our amazing panel. We have a huge panel tonight. Let's start off with uh, Dom. What's going on, Dom?
1: Hey, I'm doing good. and excited to talk about the amazing, wonderful, spectacular Spider-Man.
0: I love it, Dom. Each week, man, you're getting better and better, man. I'm loving it. I'm gonna keep <laughs> starting off with you. You got to set the stage. I like that. I'm gonna keep starting with you. Uh, AJ, what's going on, AJ?
2: I'm living my best life. I'm ready to talk about Spider-Man as well.
0: All right, now living his best life kind of makes me feel like I should be living mine. But um, all right, Theo, what's going on, Theo?
3: Uh, I'm sorry, I had myself on mute. I'm doing really well, and I'm happy to be talking about Spider-Man Far From Home, finally.
0: Absolutely,
3: and Pal, what's going on?
4: Good, I have lots of questions, and I'm very excited to get it, get get into it with you guys, because I, I just need some answers, you know?
0: Well, absolutely, I mean, look, then we'll start right off with you. Um, before I get into your your actual thoughts on the movie, whether you liked it, disliked it, anything like that, since you do have questions, I want to start off with um, you starting with, with some of the questions that you had. We'll start there, and then we'll kind of get into your likes and, 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 and then move on.
3: So, is this going to be a spoiler discussion from the get-go? Yes. I have it in the in the, right. the bio that it's a spoiler. It, it's a
0: spoiler review. It came out on Tuesday. So, it's like it's Friday, yeah. so... I feel like real <laughs> hardcore geeks have seen it by now, and if you haven't, it's a spoiler review. So there you go. There's your warning.
4: righty. Well, I mean, I guess more than anything, my questions just—it doesn't even come from the the movie itself. It came from the credits, you know, the mid credits and the post credits definitely brought up a lot of questions for me because I thought the movie was going in one direction and then out of nowhere Mysterio just like flat out it, uh, just told the world who Spider-Man was and then he had the help of uh, J.K. Simmons who was none other than uh, J. Jonah Jameson to you know basically just get on the bandwagon of Spider-Man's a villain Spider-Man's the, the bad guy and I was just like what what I, I I was actually the minority of uh, the majority of people that have seen this movie where I was actually just like standing there trying to take it all in and not really excited about what was going on because I was just like flat out <laughs> confused. I was like, wait, we were go we're on a good roll here, not at nowhere. Spider Man is just getting beaten by you know a, a villain who we thought was dead, and now uh, you know Jay Jonah Jameson just came back out of nowhere, uh, a, a person that we haven't seen since. The, what, 2007 version of um, uh, Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man 3? We haven't seen him in so long that this, this like, came out of nowhere. And then, yeah, the post credit scene where we realized that uh, Nick Fury wasn't Nick Fury at all. It was actually um, Talos, the, the scroll And and we part, were first introduced to them by uh, Captain Marvel. And, and then the... the where Nick Fury actually was, like it created a lot of uh, questions for me too. Because I was just like, wait, why is he there? Why wasn't he at Earth? Why was uh was, um pretending to be Nick Fury this whole time? I don't know. It's just like more than anything, I was just confused at the end. I thought I was at a good spot, and then that, those two things happened, and I was just like, I don't know.
3: <laughs> I don't know what to do anymore.
4: Well,
0: I will say this. I-, I love that that you said that, and uh, and I- I'm glad that uh, it confused you because a lot of people were just so excited to see J.K. Simmons. Um, a lot of yeah. people didn't realize how just random that was, albeit mm-hmm. it was the shock factor of seeing him return um, yeah. that a lot of people enjoyed, but to me, there was no there was no build-up or payoff to it. Um, I, no. I didn't celebrate when I saw that. To me, all you could have done is, throughout the movie, you could have had Hogan say something to, to Peter along the lines of, um, you know, you you got to do what it takes to be a hero. And then Peter said something like, well, not everyone thinks I'm a hero. And then Happy could have responded with, it's just the one guy from the Daily Bugle. Like, who cares what he thinks? Something like that. Mm-hmm. So then when we see it, we're like, oh, they were talking about Jameson, like, when they said that. But the fact that you did nothing to build that up, and then all of a sudden it's just like, well, this guy exists. that just really hates Spider-Man. It never felt like anyone in New York felt like he was a threat right. Or... A detriment or anything like it. Just it, it wasn't a, a proper
3: buildup. Um, well, let and, me tell you two things.
4: Yeah, I um, so I'll I'll tell you why that that I was actually really bummed that I wasn't as excited about it like everyone else in the world has been about it because um for one, I kind of I guess it was already spoiled to me before I watched the movie because I actually did see a picture of J.K. Simmons. At the premiere of the movie, and I was wondering why was he there. So in a way, I kind of guessed it and figured it out on my own before I ever watching the movie. But it never came across my mind until that scene actually happened. I was like, oh wait, that well that that kind of ruined it for me in a way. And then um, the, I guess I was also just like I said, I was taking it all in when uh, Mysterio was just kind of showing to the world this. Uh, video clip that he you know created himself, saying that spider man killed him. And um, I was just, like, kind of thrown off and I'm like, wait, why would you do that? Like, you know, it was one of those things where i am be like, no, don't do that. Like, Spider-Man to save the world. Spider-Man's a good guy. And then day Sims came along. And I was like, oh, whoa, wait, hold on one second. What's going on now? And it just kind of threw me off. And I think that's the reason why I wasn't like everybody else that got up out of their seats and started clapping and cheering. Because at that point I was just really overwhelmed with what they were trying to throw down at us um, in the middle of the credits. A lot of people actually, like, I've been hearing a lot of other people's reactions, and they thought they thought that that would have been better as, you know, the ending of the movie itself and not a, a mid credit scene just because I, – and I felt like maybe they're thinking that just because it, it was – it would have been so awesome to close off the movie like that instead of, um, I don't know, like, you know, in the middle of the credits, everyone's kind of, like, chilled out and just, like, waiting to see what happens next, and, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just really mixed about it because – I wanted to love it as much as everybody else, but if anything, it just created a lot of confusion for me, like I said.
0: No, no, I, I understand, and I do want everyone else on the panel to know I am going to pass it to, to you guys to get you guys' thoughts also. I just wanted to answer Powell's first two original questions. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I get completely where you're coming from. There was no setup for it. Um, now, the material yeah. angle is, is one that Feige can play with. Um, and mm-hmm. if the director comes back, he can play with in the circle. And also mainly because we have seen that Mysterio is a liar. And I'm pretty yeah. sure um, Spider-Man, uh, the, you know, uh, not Mary J, but Spider-Man has some bit of evidence to prove that he's a liar, that he lied, that he was doing illusions, mm-hmm. he set everything up. So that's one way that he could clear his name to clear that he's not. Um, we've also seen that, Like, think of it like this. He now has the technology to where he could be in one place and then send the Iron Spider in another place, and it's like, look, that's not me. Um, So, I mean, they could play around with it. They've done it in the comics a billion times. Uh, We know in the comics Iron Man used to say that, uh, well, Tony Stark used to say that Iron Man was his bodyguard in the comics. People believed it, uh, which was, like, one of the stupidest things, but they believed it. So there's ways you can go. Um, So it is a jaw-dropper in the sense of now everyone knows. Um, I don't know if they're playing off of the angle of, in the comics, right after Civil War, right after he got the Iron Spider comic, I mean uh, costumes, um, Iron Man convinced him to come out to the world and reveal that he was Spider-Man. And we saw in the later comics of Spider-Man that villains would just show up to his house because they now know who he is. So I'm interested to see how they play that out. Um, But the Jameson thing, I thought, was just rushed. It was rushed uh, for a movie that I thought didn't really need uh, a cherry on top like that. Like, it was was good. It was good. You could have delivered it to where um, the video just popped up and revealed uh, who who Spider-Man was. And it would have had the same effect. Um, Now, to your other question... I know a lot of people were curious about this apparently what it seems like I have a question of my own and, and, and I'm going to pass this around to see what you guys think I am curious because now it's a dilemma of was, has Talos been Fury since Captain Marvel has Fury mm-hmm. been working in outer space since the 80's I think Captain Marvel takes place in um, so there's questions there we don't know we, we don't know anything like uh, in, we the don't 90s. Know if, in the 90's okay thank you um, so we don't know when Fury switched. Now, as to why he is there, it seems as though, and if it is this, they drastically changed it from what the comics did. Um, Captain Marvel was one of the founders of a outer space group called SWORD, um, and SWORD was the equivalent to space as SHIELD was to Earth. Um, so it looks like he is creating SWORD. And instead of recreating S.H.I.E.L.D. and being the head of it, um, it looks like he's now creating S.W.O.R.D. Um, so I, I don't know if that's the angle they're they're going with. It very possibly could be. Dom, I'm actually going to start with you. Two-sided question. Your thoughts on the Jameson reveal in the outing Spider-Man, um, how you felt about it, and then also, um, do you think that... Uh, Fury has been in outer space since Captain Marvel, or do you think it was something that was relatively new um, as far as him and Talos switching spots?
1: Well, I think uh, with the, the Jameson reveal, I, what it felt like to me was every every Marvel movie has has some kind of a hint of... Um, social awareness, and immediately when I saw uh, J. Jonah Jameson pop up on the screen, I immediately thought of Alex Jones, and especially the way that, you know, he I mean, he already yelled, so it was kind of, it was, uh, you know, we already, we're already already used to that, but it just felt very uh, <laughs> reminiscent of Alex Jones and uh, what's the the movie kind of being about what mysterio talking about the world is like we'll basically believe anything because we live in a world of lies. I felt like that's why he popped up because it kind of fit in there and now yeah, it was kind of like an abrupt thing to like why all of a sudden he shows up and and maybe they can play with you know the whole blip thing and that's what, what made him show up because everything he all his conspiracies came true and he actually disappeared and now. He's going to try to, you know, make up some crazy thing of why it happened and how it happened and whatnot um, because he's good at spinning story and so is Alex Jones, which is why I think that they coincide. Um, as far as uh, Fury, I hadn't really thought about it uh, until now that, you know, maybe he has been gone all whole time. And that would be very interesting because I was – when I first saw, you know, that scene, I was thinking like, okay, maybe they're with like the you know Inhumans, and maybe they're trying to do some kind of secret wars thing, and especially with the upcoming you know Guardians movie. And I know they're trying to do more with space, and and I was waiting for the the scrolls to be a you know a mainstay for a little while. Um, I don't know, but the way the way that he was relaxing it it kind of felt like and he kind of had a he kind of had a gut uh more than than usual it kind of seemed like he's he's been there for a long while and especially with him running the show the way he was i'd say there's a good chance he's been there for quite a while and maybe like being interchangeable maybe sometimes he'd go down and then be himself, but then also like they they swap back and forth uh, him and Talos, um, and I'm trying to remember exactly what Talos said. So maybe it made it seem like he was somewhat new to it. So maybe they do swap back and forth. Uh, so, but yeah, I definitely think Fury's been in that role for a while now. That I think about it. Yeah, I will say the the one thing I
0: do get. Give- Feige and this crew for Far From Home credit for it. I cannot confirm this, so let me throw that out there now. I cannot confirm this, but I think they actually recorded that in credit scene during Captain Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. Think of it like this: There's no way the time we live in, we didn't, we wouldn't have found out that that was something that was being filmed. Like so, no one right. had had any idea that that was a scene that was coming up. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, I think the smartest thing they could have done was film it during Captain Marvel because we wouldn't have thought twice about it, you know, because we wouldn't have had any context. Right. It just would have been photos of Tylos in a car. Like, all right, maybe that was a deleted scene. Um, so, I think that's what they did. I mean, that was the first thing I told Joelle after I saw it. I was like, the fact that we didn't hear anything about this being filmed, um, I don't think they shot it during this movie. Because if you guys right. remember, a lot of. A lot of the um, the set photos uh, that were, you know, revealed for Far From Home, a lot of them took place in New York. Um, and a lot of them turned out to be what was the end of the movie, the very end, where he was swinging around with MJ. Um, mm-hmm. So not a lot of that movie was revealed. It, it was kept under wraps very well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's, just, it's one of those things where it's just like Jameson, I thought, was, and, again, I am not saying I didn't like it. I am not saying um it's not fun to see him back it just felt rushed like we have to do something extra here and it was just like there was no setup and i tell you guys this all the time the easiest way to set scenes is through dialogue you don't have to show me anything like you didn't have to show me daily bugle you didn't have to show me a newspaper just through dialogue like aunt may could have been talking to, to peter and like you know, enjoy being a hero. Like, you don't have any haters. And he's like, well, I have one from the Daily Bugle. And we would have been like, oh, that's, he's talking about, uh, you know, Jameson. And then when we saw him, it would have been like, oh, okay, it made more sense. But the fact that we got no mention of Daily Bugle, no mention of Jameson, and it's just like, boof, here he is. And he looked like an older version of the one from uh, the original Spider-Man movie. So Mm. I'm like, it seems like a weird continuity. It, I don't know. I'm reading way too and way too into it. Tia, I'm gonna go to you. Um, your thoughts on the Jameson reveal, and then your thoughts on the uh, the Talos reveal.
3: So, I guess maybe I just didn't read that much into it. First of all, my theater went eight shit when J.K. Simmons came <laughs> up on screen, and I thought that was such a cool Easter egg. And, like, a nod to the original Spider-Man trilogy, especially since there's been all of this, like, talk of, uh, you know, even Tom Holland said he'd like to have a movie with Tobey Maguire and everything and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like that was just a cool Easter egg for the fans. And, I mean, when does that happen, that someone from a different, quote-unquote, you know, universe a different continuity is going to show up in the MCU? Like, what does that mean now? Did did that exist at some point? Probably not. I know that maybe I'm reading a little too into, but to me, I well, think I that's like say. super.
0: Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna say the only other time we've seen something like that was when Lou Ferrigno was in The Incredible Hulk, um, with with Edward Norton. He was a security guard. That yeah. was the only other time we've seen something even remotely close to an uh, an actor that was in uh, a movie or uh, as a specific character, kind of cameoing into the MCU. I don't think we've seen it outside of that. I think Jameson here and Luke Ferrigno there were, like, the only two examples we've had so far.
3: Yeah, and so to me, I just thought that was cool. It's something that the fans obviously got a kick out of, and I think that it was almost like paying respect to the original trilogy. As far as the Talos reveal, um, I think that probably that happened after Endgame. Nick Fury himself needed a little vacation, and he's obviously been working with that set of scrolls for quite a while since the 90s, since Captain Marvel, and uh, kind of threw Talos in there, which I'm assuming that was his wife who was playing Maria Hill, and yeah. it seemed like, and it seemed like Talos was very new to that. So I don't think that's something that happens a whole lot. Maybe uh, Nick Fury does it so that maybe one of them can go get him some freaking Chinese food or something. But as far as something like this, I think this was the first time. I thought that was cool, because I will say that I had heard spoilers before the movie that trolls were involved, and I thought it was something malicious. But to see that it was just Nick here and eating and vacation, I thought it was hilarious. So the, the mid credit seems to me set up for so much more, because I'm like, you know, with everything that's going on with Sony and stuff like that, and people wondering if uh, we're going to see a continuation of Spider-Man within the MCU, I'm like, uh, after that scene, where pretty much the whole world now knows Peter Parker's identity, I can't imagine that they're like, oh, and guess what? You're never going to see this Spider-Man ever again. I mean, to me, there has to be some sort of repercussions after this. So I really like the misfred scene, and I thought that the end credit scene was just kind of good fun. There was a little bit of that mind-suckery uh, for a second realizing that it was the scrolls, and then when you realize that it's Nick Fury taking a vacation. I think that was his way of kind of taking it easy after the whole thing with Thanos, the snap, the quote-unquote bliss, and, uh, and Tony Stark's death. yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I don't necessarily disagree
0: with you. It, it, I mean, it more likely that the switch happened after Endgame. I think it was more to uh, what Fury and Talos are building. Um, but to me, my biggest question is we'd have to find out something about this organization in Captain Marvel's Secret. Um, oh. Because, I mean, it, it just would make the most sense. Like, where else would we see it? Um, but I
3: again. I will say. Yeah, it does. I'm sorry. I will say that. Maybe the reason why there wasn't any sort of hint about the Daily Bugle throughout Far From Home, maybe it was a last minute thing with J.K. Simmons. Maybe they thought of it last minute. Maybe he had some time that he carved out last minute that they were like, "Hey, you know, it'd be really cool. Let's do. Let's include this. We already know that we're doing the video of mis- they could have just did." a video of Mysterio revealing Peter Parker's identity. They didn't necessarily need it to be J.K. Simmons. To me, that felt like a very last-minute thing that the studio grabbed, and they were like, great, put it in, let's do this. Yeah,
0: like I said, I, don't, I didn't have any issue with it. It just 100% felt just like, where did this come from? Like, <laughs> You guys have had now two movies for Spider-Man, two full movies. Um, not counting the end credit scenes for either one. And there's been no mention of the Daily Bugle, So it was just like it was just random that all of a sudden not only does Daily Bugle exist, but J. Jonah Jameson is J.K. Simmons. Like like I said, my theater went crazy too. Um, no one expected it. It was just like it felt like out of nowhere. That, that was my biggest issue. Um, but AJ, before we move on, uh, I want to go to you with your thoughts. On um, seeing the Simmons reveal
2: and then seeing the scrolls reveal. Okay, uh, I'm trying to remember. Was William um, William Hurt in the Incredible Hulk? Because that would yeah. be another. um That would be another like cameo between the two. Well, no, um,
0: it's not, a, it's, it's not uh, a cameo. yeah, yeah.
2: Te- yeah sorry. It,
0: yeah, it's not a cameo. Exactly. Uh, Incredible Hulk is. Canon to the MCU because yeah. remember Stark
2: was the the end credit thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um. Anyway, I I felt like like um the Daily Bugle didn't didn't need like any references or anything because Spider Man wasn't in, like in that phase of like knowing what that was. But I will say that. No, I think we should just all assume that the Daily Bugle is already in the Spider-Man lore for the MCU, just like we should all assume that um, Ben Parker is still part of Peter Parker's life and how that influenced him as being um, Spider-Man. So for it to just be there, I wasn't that worried about it, as like for some of you guys were, Um for like the J.K. Simmons, I actually yeah, I actually love that love that scene as well. But it just like you said, it felt it felt like it was just pushed in there. But at the same time, I didn't really care because it's still part of the Spider-Man lore, so I, I was fine with the whole thing. As for um, Samuel L. Jackson and him being out in outer space. I think that was just a build-up, per se, to future MCU MCU movies for like the next saga for the MCU. So for that, I I knew that was like deeply deeply connected to the movie, but it was still connected to to the MCU as a as a whole. So I was I was completely fine with that as well. Same with the the reveal that Peter Parker that Spider-Man was Peter Parker. I just felt like, just like Tia said, that there would be consequences. Um, Going back to Homecoming, actually, where I think it was Scorpion that was asking um, Vulture, who is um, Peter Parker, who is Spider-Man, and he didn't say anything. But now that the inmates that are in the jail cell with Scorpion all know who Peter Parker is, uh, who Spider-Man is. I feel like it, that right there is just leading is leading up to a sinister six i feel like but yeah i i love both i love both the um mid mid and end credit scenes for home well, comes, I, I, will,
0: I will say for your um uncle Ben comparison i i will say this in this in this m c u they have completely established that Tony is, to Peter, what Uncle Ben, through the comics, has always been. Um, So, albeit I'm pretty sure Peter loved his uncle, Tony is is, with great power comes great responsibility. That is completely obvious. Um, So, what I'm saying in the sense of you know, you can assume the Daily Bugle existed, like you can assume Uncle Ben existed, but the weird thing would be, is if there was an end credit scene of, like, Peter remembering Uncle Ben when there's been no mention of Uncle Ben. Like, it just it, where was the setup? Like, all you had to say was, like, man, Aunt May, like, I've been thinking about Uncle Ben a lot. So then when we see the end credit scene, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, it makes sense.
2: So that's what see, I mean
0: by Doug. The...
2: See, um, I was actually having this argument with somebody else the other day. Um, for it to be, like, a reference, they don't have to, like, directly say the name or the place of what it is, as long as it's like either indirectly or alluding to that person or place, I feel like it's fine. And I know that they didn't allude to Daily Bugle, but I am I was still fine with that. But I feel like they alluded to Uncle Ben a little bit and Civil War, where Peter was talking to Tony about when um, things happen and, Bad things happen was because of you. Because you didn't do anything. I don't know the quote specifically, so I felt like that quote was representing Ben. Ben Parker. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Well,
0: yeah. Well, yeah. No, but I, my my point is Tony. Like in the comics in the other Spider-Man movies we've seen, Uncle Ben seemingly is why Peter wants to be a hero. In this yeah. universe, that's clearly Tony. Tony is why he wants to be a hero. Tony is why he, he, uh, in the first movie, he was seeking to show that he could be a hero. In the second movie, he was defining um, himself as a hero. Tony, in this universe, is what Uncle Ben has been to him in uh, the comics and in the other two um, incarnations of Spider-Man. Uh, I had this argument with Joel because he's like, well, no, that's not accurate. And I'm like, I, I get that, but obviously Uncle Ben doesn't mean to him in this universe what he used to in I'll, other universes in the comics.
2: I will say that for that specific reason, I think in Civil War you see you see Peter save, still saving lives um, from Tony's recording. So I will say that in Homecoming, um, Tony was a big influence on in Peter, but Ben was still the reason why he became a hero, and Tony is the I don't, reason why he wa- he wants to become a better hero than he is now.
0: I don't think we know that, and that's why I said like dialogue is important because there was it was never established that um, you know the the feeling he got from from Uncle Ben and Uncle Ben's death. Uh, we got nothing really about that. May doesn't talk about it. Peter doesn't talk about it. You were making the, the, the point of he was alluding to it, but it's almost clear as day the reason he wants to be a hero. Like, think about it. Before Tony came and got him, he did the equivalent to what Ezra's Flash did in Justice League, where he told, he told Bruce, like, I don't know how to fight. All I've done is just, like, push people and run away. All Peter did, and you see it in the video that, that Tony had, would stop a car from running into a bus. Like he hasn't he done didn't. anything. He hasn't done anything on, on the scale of what he started to do once he got with Tony. Tony easily what? is the mentor or the father figure that this story hasn't shown that Peter has passed, Is what I'm saying. So it's in this different. story, maybe Peter, maybe Uncle Ben died when Peter was younger. Is what I'm saying. Because you could say during Civil War he was about. 14, 15, or 16, around there, around there. Um, so you could easily say maybe he died before he got power, and he just felt powerless to help him. That's what he was referring to. So I don't think the with great power comes great responsibility line exists in this universe. I think Tony, what Tony told him before they went off in Civil War, was his version of with great power comes great responsibility. And that's why I said dialogue is very important because then the conversation me and you are having, we wouldn't need to because it would be, it would be clear exactly um, what Uncle Ben was to Peter. Um, so we would better assess what Stark was to Peter because I think all of us look at Stark and Peter as a father and son um, relationship that the two of them have. So kind of feel like that would be something that's a mute point if that's what he got from Uncle Ben before he passed. Like the whole speech and everything, I don't know, I don't know. But you know, let's let's move on. We'll we'll never know this, in, until maybe the third <laughs> movie, maybe maybe Peter's haunted by uh, people he's let down. Uncle Ben died. That's all, Tony died. That's how maybe down that the whole nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe Uncle Ben comes back from the dead. Maybe he was a scroll. Who knows? <laughs> you know, there's things to play around with. But all right, let's um let's get into our overall thoughts on the movie. And uh, Tia, I'm actually going to start with you. Your overall thoughts on Spider-Man Far From Home. You can even go into your likes if you want.
3: Okay. Um, Well, firstly, I have to say that I probably liked it a little bit more than Homecoming. That's not saying that Homecoming wasn't a great movie. I really liked it. It had a little campy scenes, but I liked it. The Far From Home, Um, I like the overall just like it was very connected to the MCU obviously first of all I loved how they started uh, with freaking I think it was Dolly Parton's version of I Will Always Love You Um, I don't think it was Whitney Houston for whatever either way and then you see that it was like a class video I just thought that was hilarious they did a I think a really nice job of kind of quickly explaining why they're all still in high school and what happened to the SNAP and what did happen to the SNAP. So I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. You see Peter is kind of doing things to help those who were affected. Him and Aunt May are really speaking to the community. And that really kind of attested to Peter and Spider-Man being the friendly neighborhood hero. He's involved that way, but, you see a very matured Peter, despite the fact that he, I think in the movie he said he's 16 or something like that, um, because he's carrying all this weight. He's obviously still thinking about the death of Tony. So we see that common theme, but he's still trying to be a kid because all he wants to do is go on this class trip and he wants to tell MJ that he really likes her. And so you have these, like, two sides of Peter kind of dueling with each other. I, I have to say, I absolutely loved Happy's involvement in this movie and I love their relationship because if we remember in most of Homecoming, he just seemed absolutely irritated with Peter and seeing him almost take on this like surrogate father role himself was really nice as well. Um, I like that we got Mysterio right off the bat. I just, I loved everything about like Jake Paul's Mysterio and if he's truly dead, I'm not going to be happy about that <laughs> because you don't, you don't bring in a character who's able to really just bring that much of like, not only mental manipulation, but just the fact that he's able to lie so easily. Um, really just, you need that still, the little nuances, like when, uh, the second time they're meeting, right? And Peter goes, well, Quentin, and he and Quentin quickly goes, it's Mysterio. But then kind of gives him, like, a look like he's playing. But just that, like, little, like, uh, unhinged look on his face. It's just perfect. I mean, they gave you the hints right then and there that this is not a guy to be trusted at all. So I just love that. And then, obviously, um, the second half of the movie with all those illusions were absolutely mind-blowing and the fact that they kept up with it at one point you think that the illusion is done and it's not and then poor peter gets hit by the freaking train um and just the whole thing was just so absolutely well done there were a few parts that looked a little cartoonish but i guess they couldn't completely accomplish that scene without making it look a little cartoonish which is whatever it was still absolutely stunning. It was terrifying in some scenes. I really liked it. So I guess I would just say that my overall feeling is that I really enjoyed it. I have like one or two little like dislikes about the movie, but overall I really enjoyed it. Um, And I especially enjoyed the scene where as soon as Peter leaves the bar, just the bar absolutely disintegrating at that point and just the illusion dropping.
0: Yeah, no, I we'll definitely get into our um, our, our dislikes because I do want to hear uh, what your dislikes were. But um, yeah, I mean this 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 movie and you know what I love most about Peter's uh, adventure through this this movie was I compared it to um, the first four or five seasons of Flash, um, so where if you watch season one and you see how close Barry gets with um, with Harrison Wells. Uh, it was like a father figure. It was like yeah. someone that he had looked up to for forever. Um, and then when it turned out that not only was he not Harrison Wells, he was uh, reverse flash, and he was the guy that killed his mother and was responsible for his father being in jail. It just hurt even more. And if you don't read the comic and you watch that, um, it, it completely shook you because you're like, oh, my God, Like I didn't see this coming. Um, you know, and, and it just completely throws you off guard, seeing how Grant's reaction was, just finding out that he was the, the one responsible. Um, I would put right up there, to when Tom uh, found out that, like, wait a minute, like, who would do this? And then when you see Mysterio in the illusion, he kind of goes, oh, my God, MJ, I am Spider-Man. We got to go. I screwed up big time. Um, I I love that. And and the one thing, like, I I talked to a few people who just aren't fans of of Tom Holland and Spider-Man, which is very unfortunate, because to me, the one thing he is able to do very well that not every young actor is able to do is um, that innocence. Like, Tom Holland, I'm pretty sure is 20 years old, but his innocence, like, when when it looks like he's sad or it looks like he's shocked, you feel that. Um, it doesn't just feel like, oh, I'm watching an actor on a big screen. It just feels like, like, when he's yelling at Happy and then apologizes, it's just, it's, it's, you want to go hug him and, like, yo, Peter, like, it's cool. Like, do you want me to go stab Mysterio for you? Like, I got you. You know, like, you just, you want to go, you know, hug him. So, to me, Tom Holland does emotion very well. But the one thing I really loved was, and I was curious about this heading into this movie. It seems as though, and we heard this rumor back when Jake Gyllenhaal was up for possibly being Joker in Suicide Squad. I don't think Jake Gyllenhaal liked being tied down to multi-pictures. So, to see how he ended in this movie, I was like, oh, okay. Because I was sitting through the movie like, all right, if he doesn't die, did Jake Gyllenhaal sign a multi-picture deal, like, to be a part of the MCU going forward? And then when you ultimately see him die, I'm like, yeah, that made more sense. Like, that made I more will- sense. It was a rental. It was a one-dime thing. <laughs> just like, <laughs> that's it. Don't don't call me again. I'm going to go do more Oscar movies. I gave you guys your one superhero appearance. And it was legit, to me, in my opinion, because I don't count Thanos because that's a cheat code. Um, but as far as villains, I ultimately put, and again, I have seen this twice, so I'm not just reacting off of my first time seeing it. I think Mysterio's performance was up there with, with Loki. Like if the only okay. time we saw Loki was in Thor uh, and we didn't see him over the next 10 years, um, I, I think you could honestly make that, that argument of like, who is the best um, villain outside of Thanos? And I think you could have an argument between Idleston and Jake Gyllenhaal, but I'm sorry,
2: Kea, go ahead.
3: Well, no, I was just going to say two things. Uh, One, piggybacking on what you just said. Yeah, I mean, even before I saw this movie, I mean, I didn't realize about Jake Gyllenhaal and his uh, multi-picture apparently dislike, but I thought that legitimately, just knowing him as an actor, could potentially carry that, you know, new title as being the new Loki. I just don't see anyone else as Tom Hiddleston's Loki, other than maybe Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, they're at that level together. And I did want to add one last thing that I just absolutely love, and I think I tweeted it, and I think you liked it, Joan, but Daredevil would be very proud of that hallway fight scene, because that shit was legit. That was so yeah. good. At that scene, like, holy shit. And then at the end, when Jake Hall just, like, like, when Spider-Man uses his Peter tingle to sense that he's next when he senses that he's next to him about to shoot that gun off. I swear I jumped a little. That shit was so good. That whole entire like scene was so freaking good. All that. And in that moment is especially when I started looking at Spider Man, like Tom Holland's Peter Parker, as more of an adult. But like, he looked badass in that moment. He looked serious and he looked like he was just. He was done playing games at that point.
0: Yeah, I, I will say the point of this movie where I started tearing up was when um, Happy goes, uh, you know, you know, you lost your suit, uh, you know, your friends are, are you know, uh, you know, are possibly being targeted. Like, what are you gonna do? And he stands up and he's like, "I'm gonna go kick his ass." Like, he just yeah. screamed, "Tony Stark!" And I got so teary-eyed because I thought at that moment, watching that whole scene with him (laughs) mixing ACDC up.
3: He's Um, like, I love Led Zeppelin. And it's like, no, no. It's like, no, sweetheart,
0: it's not not him. But, no, what I I really felt in that moment was, man, we might have seen the last of Iron Man. Like, we may have an MCU that goes forward, and Downey never comes back. Um, That is a possibility. Now, whether that's Downey's decision or that... Spikey's decision, it it hurt nonetheless. And then you see him uh, with the, you know, the thing around his wrist, and he just looked like Tony, if you remember back to Iron Man 1, seeing Tony work with Jarvis, creating the suits and stuff like that. It just screamed Tony. And I was just like, oh, we gonna never see this guy again. And I don't be
3: able to take that. And I will say one thing before you can pass it along. I'm sorry. But I did like that Happy told Peter, you know, I know that you worship Tony, and he was my best friend, but he was all over the place. You know, I like that he at least acknowledged, like, you know, Tony didn't have all of his shit together either, you know. It's okay for you not to have all of your shit together either.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think Peter needed to hear that, because think about it like this. Peter um, trusted Mysterio with the glasses that were this huge weapon, right? What was Tony's mm-hmm. biggest regret? Ultron, something that yep. he compulsively created um, that almost well, – it killed a lot of people, but almost um, brought the end of the world because he he reacted off of emotion. He reacted off of, i got to be a step ahead of something, just like Peter reacted with emotion on, uh, this is what Mr. Stark would have wanted me to do, instead of just embracing – um, who you are. Like, you are the hero. Don't worry about the fact that you're too young. Don't worry about any of that. Think of it like this. Stark flew all the way to you <laughs> to come ask you to help him beat up a bunch of adults. He obviously trusted you. Um, so th- that comparison I saw between the two because we know Stark's biggest regret was creating Ultron. Um, Alright, uh, Pal, I want to go to you next. Uh, what were some of the, the things you enjoyed uh, of Far From Home and your uh, I'm trying to think of the exact question I had to TM. I'm going blank. But your takeaway from Far from Home.
4: Yeah, I mean, I uh, I'm going to have to be honest and say I think I enjoyed Homecoming a little bit more than this movie. Um, just because I, I am a big fan of not necessarily saying that um, Homecoming was an origin story, but I, I, I do like uh, how the first movie would always have us uh, kind of set up and introducing the character to us, and you know, introducing the first big villain that really sets the um, the the tone of the movie, right? And um, I, ha- but I, even with that, I still think that um, Far From Home was not a bad movie whatsoever. There are definitely a lot of elements in that movie that I enjoyed. Um, I did have some problems with it, but like what I did take away from that I really, really enjoyed was the visual effects, um, especially in the second half of the movie when we really are pretty much in Spider-Man's shoes and are seeing these, um, gosh, these illusions that Mysterio is just attacking Peter with, and they're just absolutely incredible. Uh, if I felt like I was, um, it would have been really cool to be, have a, a sort of simulation with those illusions because it just felt insane, um, and, and and I never felt like it was short-lived, like I felt like the amount that we saw in that movie was definitely enough to satisfy our, um, you know, like, it, it just satisfy exactly what the kind of powers that Mysterio has, and um, I also really enjoyed the, the action sequences that we saw here, I, I really did think there were, uh, it was high action, um, there were a lot at stake, and um, and I don't know, it's, it's just like there's also um, the first part of the movie where it was more like a, uh, like a teen, romance, teen comedy sort of thing. These high school students are going over seas and Peter's trying to get the girl. Ned already has a girlfriend after, you know, a nine-hour flight to, to Italy. Like, it, it, that part I thought was kind of cute. Um, the beginning of the movie, actually, I, I'm surprised I, I kind of went over it. But, like, when we were kind of it we, we, we were explaining what happened after not the snap apparently it's called the blip uh, which I thought was hysterical. Um it was kinda I'd seen a lot of mixed reactions about that sequence, especially the the um in video that we saw and and comic stand font and everything that oh gosh. I actually thought it was really funny um, especially since like, you know, we, you know, with Infinity War and with Endgame, those were the more serious, more uh, tragic movies, right? While Spider-Man it's supposed to be more lighthearted, it's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to get a good laugh out of it. And I personally didn't, I, I wasn't really offended by that. I actually like, you know, when I saw the images of the fallen heroes, like I was like, oh yeah, oh, I, you know, it, it, it's only been like a, a couple of months or so, but, like, yeah, like, it still sings, but the, with the song in the background, the cheesy uh, transitions in that video, I, I, I mean, it's a high school student that made it that, and I just thought it was really funny, and I did enjoy it. Um, I, I think the people that are, you know, kind of butthurt about it, just need to get over it, because I mean, the, it, it's Spider-Man, like, you don't really expect it to be very serious or treat it seriously, I mean, it's supposed to be fun. Um, Now, in... Like I I don't know I just keep going back to like the the ending of the movie I think it was just kind of cool how um we we were talking about how um Jane and Jensen was introduced in the uh, mid credit scene and I I kind of liked the way that um Peter was revealed to the whole world because like I, when I was listening to I'm not sure it was a podcast or a video but like. You know, we are living in an age where it is kind of hard to um, for any anybody, like especially superheroes, to just live in incognito and not have anyone know who you are. Like, I think that's nearly impossible in this day of age where there's social media. Our phones can capture great videos and pictures of people, um, and so the way that they introduce this character that we. All know and love and cherish, even though he can be really, you know, he can be a handful. Um, I think it's just kind of interesting to see how this is—it's going to play out for the future Spider-Man movies. Just because, um, you know, the Daily Bugle—we we kind of know it as like, kind of like a newspaper company, kind of like, a, um, you know, they, they they like to take on the hot news and stuff. But like now, I feel like they're going to be like, obviously incorporating more social media, more of, like, the, like, kind of, like, the way BuzzFeed works, or, like, yeah, it's kind of like a news site, but at, at the same time, they really focus on, like, social media uh, videos, trendy subjects, and, yeah, like, I, I can appreciate that aspect of the, this the way, the direction that the Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies are going to take, just because I, I think that it does pay uh, homage to the way that I've heard the comic books work, where, like, Spider-Man was always that kind of the no, excuse me not villain that kind of superhero that is looked at I like a villain because of the Daily Bugle because of J. Jonah Jameson and so um I I you know even though I said in the beginning that that you know those credits <laughs> kind of threw me off for loop I I can't appreciate that sort of direction I'm excited to see where it'll, it'll head to um but yeah uh Mysterio was also great I think uh Jake Hall obviously did a really good job and I was not disappointed by his performance whatsoever I will I, like I'll wait until everyone kind of shares you know their thoughts about the movie, what they liked about it but I, I like when we get to that part when you know we've kind of discussed the issues that we had I feel like I do have a few words to say about like how the villain was um, uh, or, you know, how we how Mysterio became to be the villain, because I felt like it could have been executed a little bit better, but, I mean, that's obviously, it's not the, it doesn't really sacrifice the performance that we saw from Jake Gyllenhaal, because I really did think that uh, he 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 really did material justice. I, and like that, I know, that's the villain that a lot of people have been waiting to see um, in a Spider-Man movie. And the fact that we finally got him in a pretty realistic manner too. And you know, twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen, the way that he uses his powers is very interesting. And I did like that. So um, yeah, that's really all I have to say for for now.
0: Yeah, no, I, I will say anyone who has an issue with um, the fact that. <clears throat> It wasn't a serious tone to this. Well, let me not say that, but it wasn't as serious of a tone um, as a, a lot of people would want. It's a movie about kids. What, what did you expect mm-hmm. the kids to do? They're kids. Um, so I guess I would kind of tell everyone to remember that it's a movie about kids. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's all I could say. I mean, I, I don't necessarily know what they were looking for. Um, MCU doesn't really have a tone uh, much different than one that we got from From Home. I mean, Infinity War, uh, Endgame, and Winter Soldier, and maybe Iron Man 3, but that one's debatable. But those three movies, Infinity War, Endgame, and Winter Soldier, literally Marvel's darkest movie uh, mm-hmm. to date. So I don't really get why they thought this would be
1: any different. But
0: anyway. Um, Dom, I'm going to go to you. Your overall
1: thoughts on Far From Home. Uh, so the the one thing that I, I I really like noticed like right when it was over that I kind of that I liked was that the movie uh, was just as reluctant as Peter to be a superhero movie. I really liked that it. it was trying to be like I I kind and, and and this is in the best way possible. I kind of compared it to like the Grassy meets a superhero movie because it was like, you know, as we said before, it was very much like, Peter just wants to be a teenager. I just want to take a break. I want to fall in love. My buddy wants to fall in love. We're trying to go get girls and we're going out of the country. We're thinking i we'll get some butt. That's what we're going to do. And it doesn't play out that way. And, he, you know, just as much as the, the movie seemed like it was like, we're going to make this another a superhero movie. Peter felt the exact same way. I don't want to be a superhero. Um, and I, I like the the fact that Flash is gushing about Spider-Man the entire time while simultaneously not liking Peter. I love that dynamic of, and it happens a lot, where the, the bully hates this one person and doesn't realize this person is an artist that they like. And I love that whole, like, you really love this person, you don't really, and you don't realize it. Um, and I've had a, a crush on Marissa Tomei since uh, *A Different World* when I was a kid. So anytime I see her, that's great. You know, I'm kind of jealous of Happy. You know, but you know, we can arm wrestle that out later. Um, but yeah, uh, one of the best scenes that I liked, but it also pissed me off was was the bar scene. Where Peter's like, you know, spilling his guts and coming to these his he thought were realizations, get hands over Edith, and then once he leaves, it all dissolves. And I know, I know, going into this movie, Mysterio's a bad guy, and I was so enthralled in the movie that I was like, he's an asshole. How did, How could you do this? Like, what you? He trusted you, and 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 that when you having that reaction let me know that Jake Hall did a really good job because I so wanted him to fall from his high horse through the rest of the movie because I was so mad that that how it played out. Like he was so good at convincing Peter that oh, I'm your I'm your best friend, man. Y'all completely understand what's going on, and and I was I was so mad. I was so I was gripping my. The, the arm of the the seat I was I was like I can't believe it this guy gotta go down. Um the the suits were amazing. Um uh, the scene uh the scene where he's creating his own uh with the you know the mirror of Tony that was amazing scene and you can kinda of, uh you know see the, the light in and, and Happy's eyes uh since now he I guess is the father adjacent uh character. Um yeah, I, I was, I, I, I was, uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited thinking about. It, so I'm kind of losing my train of thought on what else I really like. Um, <laughs> I mean the P, the Peter MJ uh, dynamic. I, I love Zendaya's uh, how she plays MJ of like this slightly emo Daria s type of character where she like I don't care, but I kind of do care, but I kind of let you know that I care, and I think that's very uh it represents teenagers very well. I think a lot of times when we see teenagers um portrayed in movies, it's always this teenager stereotype. And this and the ones they have in this movie are they play the roles very well with the whole when they're on the bus and they're like, uh, when Peter has edith on he's reading the text messages and it's like, I miss you I miss you too, as a sitting right <laughs> next to each other. That's very <laughs> realistic and we don't get that a lot. And even if it's a movie a teen movie that's like a story. We, we still don't get those real moments. And uh, they did a very good job of portraying that. Uh, and JB Smooth and some of the other guys, man, the the chaperones, um, I think their, their balance was really good of, like, everything's going wrong. I have all these kids overseas. I have to somehow make this better. And then just. Running with, oh, we got upgraded by this mysterious thing that I don't know, cool, we'll just go with it, uh so yeah the overall, it just it was great, yeah
0: and and I will say the um the dynamic of uh i I love how Peter kind of just felt like, all right, after end game, like think of it like this, if you're Peter, right, the two people that only really die from Endgame, game if you wanna say die or three, I keep forgetting black little, oh my goodness. Um, three, Cat, Tony, Black Widow, right? Uh, Vision, we don't count because he's an AI. They could just remake Vision. Uh, and we know he has a show coming, so it's like, he'll be back. Um, so Black Widow, Tony, and cat right? So if you're, if you're a kid, you're looking around, and when cat said Avengers Assemble, there's like a thousand of them. So if you're Peter, you're kind of like, well, Fury, why did you call me? Like, (laughs) you just saw 800 other Avengers you could have called. Why are you calling me? So I love that. And and another thing I loved about it is everyone, let me not say everyone, a lot of people always feel like when you introduce superheroes and then you have these movies where huge events are happening, everyone always goes, well, how come he didn't just call Captain America? Well, he can, he's dead. How come he couldn't just call Thor? Well, he's off-world. So I like that we got that out of the way. Yeah. So we got it out of the yeah. way that, because I know a lot of people that are Spider-Man purists that hated how much Stark was in Homecoming. Um, because right. they wanted Spider-Man to just be Spider-Man. Depend on yourself. Um, you get yourself out of the situation, which he ultimately did, um, which I appreciate John Watts for making sure he, he stuck to that. Um, but, excuse me, I do appreciate the idea of um, Peter kind of just going, yo, I'm 16. Can you let me enjoy <laughs> high school? Like, like <laughs> five years went by. I missed five years. Like, call an adult. Like, don't call me. <laughs> so I, I did appreciate that a lot because I, I think it was important to, to kind of get that out there. Like, dude, did you call T'Challa? Like, did you call Strange? Did you call Thor? Like, why are you bothering me? <laughs> like, why do I have to save the world? So I, I, I really did truly appreciate that. Um, and I did want to point out something that I, I haven't really heard anyone really talk about uh, that I wanted That's the kind of touch on, and I'm going to pass it to you, AJ. Um, as much as uh, Flash is the bully, they made sure they pointed out two things, uh, well, two instances, and they made sure they, they spotlighted. The first one was when everyone was texting, if you saw his text message, it was to his mom and dad saying, I haven't heard from you guys in a while. Is
3: everything okay? Mm-hmm. And then right, the right. second
0: one was when he got back home and he asked the chauffeur, like, my mom couldn't make it, and he just kind of nods his head no. I oh,
3: think my God. I wanted something... to, want to kick Flash's mom and dad's ass in that moment. I was so upset about that. Yeah, I mean, I just, to me... Usually, bullying comes
0: from home, usually, nine times ten. Mm-hmm. You right. do have that 1% where the kid is just literally should be punched in the throat. Um, but usually, it comes from issues at home. So if you're trying to now tell me that the biggest reason Flash is a bully, which he doesn't really seem like a bully to anyone but Peter, um, but if you want to call him a bully, it seems maybe he doesn't have mom and dad at home. Um, and, and, you know, you lacking that kind of makes you act out in, in, in certain ways, and bullying is one of those ways. So that stuck out to me like like a sore thumb. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't see anyone talking about that enough, and, and I think that's really sad um, that everyone's texting like, oh, hey, I miss you. Oh, hey, I love you. And Flash is just like, I don't know where my mom and dad are. <laughs> like, you guys are having fun talking to your your girlfriends or boyfriends or, or parents. I don't know where my mom or dad are. Um, So I'm really curious. Uh, did something happen in the events of Infinity War or Endgame that maybe he thought they split and just didn't come back, but they really died? I don't know, but it's really depressing. So I'm going to pass it to you, AJ, because I don't want to keep talking about this. But uh, I did want to highlight that because I do think it's important because there's a reason John put that in the movie and highlighted it, as briefly as he did, but highlighted it nonetheless. Um, but AJ, your thoughts on, on Flash and his parents, and then just your overall thoughts on, on Fox uh, on
2: I feel like um, for Flash, um, what you were saying about him being a boy to Peter, I feel like I'll not explain this story. Um, right. I don't really count it as bullying. Like, actually, it is bullying, but like compared to like, like a physical abuse and all of that. He uses like, what is it? Um, words instead. Um, it felt, for me at least, it feels like like he's just playing around with Peter, but it comes off as like a douchey kind of way, and I feel like the only reason why he's doing that is because he wants attention because he feels like, um, Peter, um, they, they relate to each other a little bit. That's why I think that, um, feel like that he is the one that always picks on Peter the most out of anybody else. I might be reading into that way too much, but that's how I feel about at least that dynamic. Um, but I will say, I the reason why i think that his parents aren't around anymore i feel i have a theory that um both of his parents <laughs> i might be way off cuz i'm just going i'm going into phase 4 now i feel like that his parents are going to be working for um oscorp if we are going to get oscorp that's why they're like super busy and we haven't met them yet and i feel like that's going to have like a big play in in his life either if he becomes like a hero himself or a villain like I said I might be reading way too much in that anyway as for me Spider-Man Homecoming was uh, ranked number 4 out of my like, MCU list now it's number 5 because of Far From Home that's so much I love Far From Home but I will, uh, oh my goodness I will say that um for me, this was definitely an emotional roller coaster from like happiness sa- happiness sadness all, all of anger all of it um you guys saying that this was like um one of the fun um fun movies um the tone at least was fun there was like r- um certain aspects of the film that was like super dark, and I feel like. Um during the rest of the um rest of the next saga it's gonna be just as dark as that and some of my favorite favorite um scenes were between mysterio and Peter, like most of you guys were saying um the the dynamic between the two i just I just felt the chemistry just worked together and it just made it so much worse for me to see. Mysterio, even though I saw it coming a mile way. it made me feel that it just made me angry at um, Mysterio so much more, just like Dom said. Uh, he just wanted to punch Mysterio in the face because he hurt Peter. He he was disloyal and all of that. But as a whole for Peter, I felt like that was a great lesson for him to learn that not everybody can be trusted. So that was another great development for Peter. Another um, interaction I love was between Peter and MJ. I love the awkwardness between the two. Um, I, I'm going to say a negative, even though it's the positive. Um, I really wish they did the um, Spider-Man kiss that was in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, <laughs> if I wanted to be honest. But overall, I I like I enjoyed that moment when they had that kiss together. Um what well, I liked about um, John Watts um, doing all the um, getting all the negatives that were in Homecoming and making them actual positives and Far From Home for me was like one of the big big um, big things that he stepped up all the the web swinging the movements of Spider-Man um, finally getting the spider senses or why they call it in the movie the P- Peter Tingle? I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, I, I really, I, overall, I just love Far From Home. I honestly don't see any other negatives besides the one that I spoke of and one other that I might yeah, talk about I, later on.
0: Yeah, I will say that rainy kiss was was uh. Very, it was at a time I, I was really young when that movie came out. So I'll just say this: that scene was crazy, and that's what I'll leave it at. Um, but I, I like because I like the way they decided to go with this, mainly because we've seen awkwardness in the Spider-Man movie. We just haven't seen it done well because with Andrew Garfield and uh, I got, I can't remember her name. Um, he was dating, He was actually. They were actually dating at the time, but it just. It always felt so weird, and I. I don't know why they went for weird. It was just weird. Um, but let's Emma
2: Stone.
0: Emma Stone, thank you. They just. they that. It just never felt like they clicked, and I don't know how because they were actually dating at the time. Um, just really off putting for that. Uh, that franchise. Um, but let's go into our negatives before we run out of time here see, um, I'm actually going to start with you. Go into some of the things you didn't like about Far From Home.
3: Okay. So, I mean, for the most part, they were pretty small. Um, I guess I'll start off with the fact that um, I didn't really like the buff scene. Like when, uh, to me, I found it very uh, unrealistic, honestly. Like when he had, when Peter had the glasses on, and the drone was going to come kill his uh, competition with MJ, and they all just get distracted, and he kind of hops out from the roof and kind of saves the day. Uh, to me, I'm like, how did you not notice that? How did you not notice that? Like To me, that was very uh, unnecessary and corny. I just didn't like that scene, personally. And this is another little thing. I don't know why it bothered me, you know, but... All right, so Tom Holland, I think, is, like, 22 in real life, right? So he's playing a 16-year-old. Why did we have to continuously get him naked in the movie, like, when he's with that, like, uh, older Russian woman, and she's, like, stripped now? And I'm like, this is a little uncomfortable, right? Am I the only one who's a little uncomfortable by this? So that was, like, personally just one of them. And I think the biggest negative for me, and this could just be, again, because I don't read the comics, so I don't really know, I kind of didn't like that Mysterious whole thing was drones. Like, it did take away a little bit of the um, shock factor and all that. The fact that, like, all of it was drones. None of it, you know, it's not like he had powers. It's not like a Loki in the sense that he can do that himself. And the fact that he had someone even writing his lines for him. So, I almost didn't like the idea that he had this whole entire team with him. I mean, it at, it made for some good scenes. I'm not saying that it didn't, but ultimately the fact that he was very a uh, man behind the curtain just kind of deflated it just a little. It didn't take away from the fact that Mysterio is still a sadistic person who was willing to kill children. Um, it just, I guess the fact that it was all just drones and shit was the biggest part, and the fact that he had that really god awful outfit at some point.
0: Yeah, I I will say, as far as that last point you were making, uh, it is very comic accurate of material to be illusion um, yeah. Now the illusions were more so his doing than a team's doing, um, but I like the way they did it because when he was at the bar, and it revealed the um, you know.
3: He, you know, and
0: I'm doing the quote, the quote, uh, the quotation fingers. He was in Civil War. Um, you know, Tony starts saying that the glasses were barf or, or the program was bars, um, and then showing the the short guy being yelled at by Obadiah Stane from the first Iron Man. I love the callback, um, because you know, MCU is always interconnected. It everything always serves a purpose. Um, so I like that. And Mysterio never really was. necessarily the smartest of guys so I mean it would make sense that he needed people smarter than him to help make this thing work Um, the acting thing I think there was an iteration in the comics to where he was an actor like a failed actor um, who was trying to be a hero um, but was going about it obviously the wrong way so there's elements of Mysterio scattered that they put all into one but you can take liberties like that when Jake Gyllenhaal is your material, and his acting is just going to make everything just all better. Um, but as far as Holland always being naked, I will say this to you, it is Hollywood 101. If you have a really nice body, like abs and stuff like that, they're 100% going to show that every chance they get. I'm surprised he even wore a shirt half that movie. Cause they were finding anyway, way and every way Take that shirt off of that kid. It's weird. I'll give you that. It was really weird. Um, but they're gonna they're gonna definitely try to do that as much as possible. Completely um, lost in thought. Pal, I'm gonna go to you till I remember it. Um, what were some of the things you didn't like from
4: Boston Hall? Well, I think um, one of the things that I didn't like the most was probably the way that um, we, the reveal that Mysterio was the bad guy was done. I mean, obviously, if you know the comics, um, it's, I mean, it's kind of obvious that Mysterio was going to be the bad guy. Um, And the bar scene, I mean, I know it worked for a lot of people. It didn't really work for me that much. I did think it was kind of cool how they tied in multiple uh, movies from past uh, from from the past years and tied that into this reveal, but um at the same time, i just i don't know I felt like it was um it, it did like I said earlier, I felt like it really could have been executed just a little bit better, but the the performance that Jake Galahan did provide on that like i i you know you just felt the revenge uh the the what he wants to get back at running through his blood like I I felt that from the um, you know his little uh, monologue of explaining why he's doing what he's doing Um, the other issue I had with the movie and it's actually the reason why I you know I just don't watch trailers anymore because they just kind of give you a false impression of what you think the movie's going to end up being about but um, I remember in the trailers, or based on, like, conversations that were from other people, like, the trailer uh, discussed something about a multiverse because that was something that Mysterio talked about. Like, he is part of this multiverse, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people just automatically came up with all these fan theories of what that can mean, what that um, could uh, mean for Marvel in introducing other characters that we haven't seen in the MCU yet, like the Fantastic Four or the X-Men. And a lot of people, like, you know, I read all those conversations and theories, and I really, I was in for it. I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, that's how they're going to end up doing it. I'm for it. I believe it. I, I buy it. But, like, then you watch the movie, and, you know, and it, you just forget. This is, this is Mysterio that we're talking about. This is a villain that is. Known for being an actor, he's known for being over dramatic and just lying about everything and you know you end up watching the movie and it 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 pays off to nothing like it, it there's there is currently no talks of a multiverse so like there's really i right at this point I, we don't really know how um that if it, 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 it even if it is an actual thing right now, there is no discussion about it, no way of introducing other characters into the m c u that we know now, and I was kind of bummed about that, you know. Because uh, it could have been a really cool setup for the future of the MCU. But for right now, it was just, you know, a lie that Mysterio told to Peter and to Nick Fury. Um, let me think. The uh, I'm trying to think the other problems that I had with it. Those are I know those were like the two biggest ones that I wanted to make sure I discussed and, and hear from you guys what you thought about. Um, especially the whole multiverse, how, like, we ended up not really getting any of that. And I don't know if we'll end up getting um, a multiverse in the future movies. But, um, yeah, I I also felt like – I don't know if you guys felt like it was a funny movie, but for me, I didn't think I laughed as as much as I did during Homecoming. I was kind of bummed about that because, obviously, there were a lot of moments that were built up for – for laughter, but I just it didn't really work a lot for me. Um, but I mean, other than that, like it's still a fun movie. It's still um, a nice break from what we've been getting at, um, from you know the uh, past MCU movies. And, and it, it 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 was kind of fun to see that chemistry between Peter and Jake Gyllenhaal. I kind of I kind of wish that it was a little bit more. Um, I, thought, I I wish that they could have built a little bit more on that relationship because um, I didn't really 100% believe it. I didn't 100% believe that this could have been a replacement father figure for Peter since Iron Man is gone. Um, and I know that's what the trailers wanted it to appear like. This is you know he's trying to become like a father figure to Peter, but obviously just to get Edith from him. Um, and I, because of that, I didn't really 100%. Buy into this uh, relationship between them. I did think that they worked really well together. I just think that the father-son perspective of it, um, I, I didn't really work for me. I wish that they could have done a little bit more on that. But uh, I think those were like the biggest nitpicks that I had of the of the film.
3: Yeah,
0: I'll speak to two of your points. I'll speak to the most recent one. Um, they weren't really trying to build that. Um, they were trying to build just someone who understood Peter, uh, a friend. Um, Peter even speaks to it to so where he goes, um, I like being able to talk to superhero stuff with someone. Um, so mm-hmm. it was only purely supposed to be um, a friendship, if if anything else, like a brother. Um, mm-hmm. Someone that he could kind of just trust to go to and go, hey, man, I had a really tough day today at Spider-Man. And, you know, Mysterio is like, like, I understand you. Like, I understand where you're coming from. Um, So that's what they were trying to build between the two of them. There will never be a character we see try to be a father figure to Peter um, like Tony was. Maybe when Norman comes, but clearly Peter wasn't friends with with Harry, so there's not that dynamic. So I don't even think we'll get it from that. Um, Mm -hmm. To your multiverse point, here's what I want everyone to remember. What is the one thing we know about Mysterio uh, when we left this movie? That he's a liar, right? So we, yeah. know he li- we know he lied about coming from the multiverse, but that does not mean a multiverse does not exist. It just means yeah. he didn't come from whatever the multiverse is. So it does not mean that anyone's theories are now gone because we don't know. Uh, I mean, if you listen to the writers of Endgame, they would tell you that the Snap didn't create any other universes, but it's not up to them. It's up to fight. Um, So it does not mean that that does not exist. It just means does not exist from a multiverse. Um, so, I mean, listen, it's possible X-Men could still come through. I told you guys the biggest theory I have is that Fantastic Four will breach through, um, and that's how we find out that legit other worlds exist. Um, but, I mean, it, it just means that it didn't exist in the Spider-Man movie. doesn't mean that it doesn't exist at all. Um, so there's still hope for that, uh, but we know this. Feige will find a way to do it and have it make sense. I mean that—that's one thing I think we all know we can depend on Feige to do. Um, but I, I can get some of the humor. Like I said, it was—it was it a—the was humor is the same humor you kind of feel with most Marvel movies. It wasn't drastically different. Um, and to me, I—that's why I kind of felt like we needed more dark movies in the Marvel universe because not all these characters are. Comedy characters. Like, you're telling me is the guy that's giving you uh, the laughs. Cool. Yeah, I get that. If you're telling me Spider Man's the guy that's giving you the laughs, I completely get that. But it's when you're now telling me Guardians are, like, all a joke. Um, because if you ever read the comics, the Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, especially Dragon, which was the most confusing for me watching the movies, was so serious. There was no joking, no laughing, no. Uh, you know him being the the butt of all jokes, so they've obviously changed a lot with these characters. But I don't know. I I'd say, pal, I kind of found Homecoming to be funnier than Far From Home. Um, I'll, I'll definitely say that. Um, but mm-hmm. I I don't necessarily disagree with anything you said. I think they maybe could have, um, like the best time to reveal that Mysterio was maybe lying was give Peter a better reason to go meet up with Fury. And when he gets there, turns out everything's an illusion. Boom. Mysterio's is the guy that, that did the illusion. He created everything. He did it just to steal the glasses from Peter. Could have been an easier way to do it. Um, but I kind of get why they did it the way that they did, just so you can kind of get it over with. So now you can spend the second half of the movie with Peter now trying to figure it out and then trying to stop him. Um... But yeah, like I said, I don't necessarily disagree with you. The only thing I kind of disagree with you on is they were definitely going for a friendship or a brother um, kind of relationship between the two of them. Um, that's what it that's what it felt like. But I will say, I commend you on the idea of uh, not really liking to watch trailers. Um, trailers usually make or break a movie because it'll either show you the entire movie and then you go see it, and you're like, I paid fifteen dollars for something I legit just saw. In the trailer, um, or it will barely show you anything, and you'll go in and completely be blown away, but the latter happens small often. Right. Other. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Tom, um, I'm, sure. I'm going to go to you. Uh, what were some of the things you did not like of, uh, from Fossum Home?
1: So, one of the, I guess mine is very small, and now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably a little bit more my fault that I didn't like this at first. Listen, because as Ty was talking, I was thinking about what I was, what the thing I didn't like and how it, it ties into what she was saying. And mine was originally that uh, since we see at the end that um, Nick Fury the whole time was, was actually Talos, I wish there would have been more. Uh, a little bit more tales in the movie that that wasn't Nick Fury. But I guess when I started thinking about it, when he mentions, uh, when um, Mysterio uh the multiverse, they just seemed like they just went with it. And I guess that was kind of a tale, like because Fury doesn't trust anybody and he just seemed to openly trust Mysterio. So I guess, it's more myself, like, not catching, like, you know, oh, this couldn't have been here because he doesn't trust anybody. Why would he just let this guy run the show, essentially, uh, when he doesn't know who he is or what he's doing and he doesn't seem like he was vetted at all? And the same thing with Maria Hill, just kind of tagging along uh, this whole time. Uh, and with the multiverse thing, I do think that since it was mentioned and it wasn't questioned by Fury. That doesn't mean that it's not a, that, that it's not true because Kalos might not know, but Fury would. So since he didn't say anything, there's a possibility that it is uh, real and is happening, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that was my only dislike. But now it's probably my fault. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's all, that's what I wanted. I was like, man, I wish you would have noticed a little some weird, quirky thing throughout the movie because he was very, you know, Nick Fury-esque, you know, very Stone Cold, like when the drone was right in his face and was about to shoot him and he stood there until he got taken out by the bazooka. Um, so I wish it would have been, like, maybe he, he flinches a little bit or something to kind of tell you, like, oh, that's why he was doing all that weird stuff throughout the movie. But if I re- you know, now that I'm really thinking about it, there were the tales, they're just more, they're very subtle that, uh, you know, he wasn't in the Fury the whole time.
0: Yeah. I will say the one thing that I paid attention to that I kind of looked at to where I was like, Oh, maybe that was one of the things we could have paid attention to. And the idea of, um, Fury wasn't necessarily Fury. I don't know if you guys remember this, but, um, he was having a conversation with Maria Hill. I'm trying to remember exactly when. I can't pinpoint it. But they were talking Kree. And I remember saying to myself, if you watch Captain Marvel, they don't really get into much about, like, she doesn't really tell him much about the Kree. Because she she spent the entire movie telling him about the Skrull, only for her to find out, no, the Skrulls aren't really the bad guys. So when I heard that, I was like, why would they be talking about the Kree? And then when I saw it at the end, I was like, it kind of made sense a little bit, like just a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it could have maybe, but I think that was supposed to be the big swerve, was that we didn't hear right. it coming. Um, right. So, I mean, you kind of got to give them credit for that. I really wish that it turned out true was a scroll the entire time. I don't know if you ever watch Earth's Mightiest Heroes, but since I've seen that show... I've wanted them to properly do scrolls and I feel like each and every time they have a chance, like at the end of a movie, at the end of Endgame, game, you could have said that the old cap wasn't really cap. It was a scroll. It's just right, like, right. put some scrolls in there. Like I don't want a secret invasion movie to come and whatever movie came before secret invasion, they, they throw a scroll in there and it's like, Oh wait, turns out Bucky was a scroll. Like, no, you had right, so right. much time to set it up, and that's why I've said for years the perfect time to introduce the scroll. Which, by the way, to everyone who's gonna go, well, Marvel didn't have the rights. Marvel has the rights to scrolls, just not super scrolls. That's why you didn't You're see right. them with powers in Captain Marvel. But anyway, the perfect time to do it would have been um, during Winter Soldier when Fury got shot and it seemed like he died. Would have been a perfect time to swap bodies. For a scroll to come in, take the uh, the form of Nick Fury, and then boom. At the end of this movie, uh, you see them driving in the car, boom, it's a scroll, And it's not Talos, the good one. It's one of the bad ones. This would have been a perfect time, but, uh, you know, regardless, wasted. Um, But, AJ, I'm going to go to you so we don't run out of time for you, buddy. Uh, What were some of the things you disliked from Far From Home?
2: Well, this is going to be quick. Um, these aren't really negative, but um, I would say the villain from Far From Home, I would like to have, like, I would like to have, like, a better villain, per se, than, than Far From Home. Um, for Homecoming, we have Vulture, which I love the backstory and his reasoning on why he he did what he did. But for Far From Home, I didn't really... I understood his backstory, but his reasoning of why he's doing what he's doing, I didn't care for. Um so that's one of them. The other um minor one was the Iron Spider suit looked really off to me for some reason, but thank God that was only there for like 2 minutes for the, um throughout the whole movie. So that was my other complaint and that's about it. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have, uh, <laughs> besides Durag Gate, I don't really have many um, <laughs> issues with uh, with this movie. I, I thought it was really, really well done. I think it gave us our best villain since Loki. Because, um, again, I don't count Thanos. It's a cheat code. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't really see many flaws. I thought Tom Holland is, I thought in this movie, 100%. I definitely felt it in Homecoming. But this one, like, was the stamp. There is no better Spider-Man, live-action wise, than exactly. Tom There, there just isn't. There, there is not. Like everything people have been, have been wanting for Spider-Man, kind of feel like he just gave it to you. He just gave you everything that you wanted. Um, and, and I know a lot of people don't like the idea that because I went to see this movie with 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 a friend on uh, yesterday. Um, a lot of people don't like the idea that his Spider-Man is the ultimate Spider-Man. I have been telling people for the longest, the most successful Spider-Man story to adapt is the ultimate Spider-Man. It's just the best Spider-Man. And I'm sorry for everyone who was born in the 80s and was raised on the, the animated Spider-Man show. You guys got that Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire. They gave you a 30-year-old who was in high school. There you go. It's not our fault.
2: that's time we're was over.
0: I don't know what to tell you. Um, Then we gave you another shot with spectacular Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. Um, And that was bad. So we had to go ultimate. That was the only other Spider-Man to go to. Um, And I think it's only a small percentage of people that dislike Tom Holland or dislike the idea that his Spider-Man is the ultimate Spider-Man. So I don't know what to say to people who don't like it, but suck it. I mean, he's here to stay. He's not going anywhere. Um, And if anything, if Kevin Feige has his way, Holland will be the door that opens um, the uh, the Spider-Verse. So we could get Miles because we know Miles already exists um, from his uncle uh, in Homecoming. So everyone who doesn't like it, just know that he's here to stay. Um, But, yeah, like I said, not really any big dislikes. I wanted to go around because we have we have some time left before we wrap this up. wanted to go around anything that anyone wanted to point out that they might have forgot about but remembered and wanted to touch on? Pal, I'll start with you. Was there anything else you wanted to to point out um, about anything of the movie? Any characters? Any big events that happened? Anything like that?
4: I think it was kind of the um, one thing that I'm kind of remembering now. That I wasn't sure if like you guys had anything to say about the um when the Peter was in the Netherlands just out of nowhere I felt like you know w- there was a reason why he was you know he he um i got he was, he was knocked down in a train and then like ended up in the Netherlands and happy ended up picking him up in a private jet and then that kind of introduces that pivotal moment of the movie where he kind of turns around and ends up making his new spider man suit and all that um that that one part of the movie was kind of weird for me um to tell like he i felt like it was mostly there for the jokes, but at the same time it kind of didn't really make sense to me i didn't know why that was there besides that um i I really had have nothing else to say about the movie. I really do like it. I do think people should definitely watch it, especially watch watching it all the way through. This isn't a movie where you want to skip out on the credit scenes because I feel like if you skip out especially in the mid credit scene um but even this time around the post the post credit scene um most of them end up being kind of silly, not really adding much to the plot. but I feel like if you don't watch both of these credits. Scenes, then they, you really didn't miss out on the movie. You you really didn't watch much of the movie. I feel like the biggest spoilers wasn't so much what happened in the movie, but what happened after the movie. So um, that would be my one thing I would
3: like to say.
0: Yeah, and to me, the biggest thing is it was a good movie. It was a good movie. Like, this is one of the Marvel movies where the end credit scene were, you know, they were crazy, but I don't think it outshadowed um, how good just the the entire movie was like, this isn't one of the Marvel movies where I'm like, yeah, you don't really have to see it again. Just kind of like YouTube, the, uh, the end credit scene. So you kind of caught it like, no, this is a movie I think you should watch in its entirety. It was a really well done movie. Um, mm-hmm. Tia, was there anything else you wanted to add uh, about your thoughts on far from home?
3: Um, Two little things, I guess I wanted to point out that I love the scene where Happy and the kids are in that um, I don't know museum or something like that, and frickin' by the way again, like Happy just the protector of children apparently in this movie, but MJ <laughs> just pick MJ just picking up that frickin' uh, weapon and she's just ready to go. She's like she <laughs> is ready to go, and I'm like yes, like I loved eight, I loved MJ so much more in this movie, and that's not to say that I didn't like her in Homecoming. But I liked her so much more in Far From Home. And I guess the last thing I really want to point out is can we talk about poor Happy, who was in love with Aunt May? And at the end, Aunt May, like, oh, this is sling. It didn't mean anything. And poor Peter's like, oh, it's got so much more awkward than I thought it was going to be. I'm good. And I love, like, Peter. He's, like, protective. That's his aunt. And he's like, we're going to have to really talk about my aunt when we get back, Happy. And, uh, I don't think Happy was expecting that answer from Aunt May at all.
0: Yeah, she just pretty much was like, nah, he was a booty call. Like, that, that's <laughs> legit what it was. Like, I was, I was gone for five years and wanted, you know, someone to, you know, kind of be with me a little bit, but it's, it's over. Um, but one of the things I want to speak to that I really loved was what came after that, him swinging around the city. If any of you have ever played the new Spider-Man game for PlayStation 4, it seemed beautiful. exactly like that. Mm-hmm. It seemed exactly like that. Even, when I, which I thought was the most beautiful callback, Feige and the MCU have done this callback to video games since the first Avengers movie. If you guys notice when he's swimming through the city and pauses to take, like, the selfie, you can take selfies in the Spider-Man game. And when I saw that, I was just like, <laughs> oh, my God, this is so cool. Like, this is so cool he's doing it in, like, live action what he did in the video game. Um, but him swinging through the city just felt so realistic i will say the first time you see Toby spider-man swinging through the, the sky and he lands on the american flag that was pretty dope um but this kind of just felt better it just looks better it felt better um but yeah that that was one of the things i wanted to point out that was really freaking cool but um, um anything else? it was it was so much fun um i will say i didn't like the visual of when he was swinging with mj it Kind of didn't look yeah. as good as when he swung by himself. I don't know why, um, but it just no, it, no, no. Got to get better on that, guys. Maybe the camera was too close. Cause like the bat just looked like it was um, digitally placed there. Um, I don't know. It just looked weird from when he was swinging by himself to when he was swinging with MJ. Um, But Dom, anything else you wanted to add that you liked or disliked, or any any themes that you wanted
1: to talk a little bit more about? Um, I will quickly add that um, I think possibly I just looked this up that like um, there's a, a, a Dutch Spider-Man that was, uh, I guess, written back in like the late 80s, early 90s. And maybe that's why they did the whole Netherlands thing. It might have been like a, you know, paid homage to that situation because it was very big over there possibly. Um, but I just quickly just glanced there. There's a page about it. Um, But I, um, the the final fight scene with, you know, Spider-Man fighting all the the drones, I thought that scene was done really well, and and just the fact of (laughs) Peter having, you know, all the Avengers and everyone else that was helping fight one person, then to flip it and have Peter fighting hundreds, it seemed like thousands of, of you know, killer drones, uh, and the fact that he was, wasn't overwhelmingly winning the entire time, uh, I think just to show, you know, the resolve of him and to overcome all of this on top of the betrayal and trying to work out, you know, his Peter Tingle not working correctly, That sounds really funny. Um, But, (laughs) um, yeah, I thought that was really really done well, especially, you know, with the, you know, uh, Mysterio thinking that, oh, he's falling, you know, for my illusion again, and then it working, and then him killing him. I thought that whole scene was done really well.
0: Yeah, I mean, we hadn't seen Spider-Man kill or let be killed since, uh, I believe Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man had that little piss with uh, Green Goblin where he mm. dodged it and the glider came and, and, and stabbed him. Um, but I will say this, um, and Feige, John Watts, I hope you guys are listening. Uh, we know you're not, but off chance <laughs> that you are. Spider-Tingle or Peter-Tingle, don't let that be in the third movie. It ran <laughs> its course. It, it completely exactly ran its course. Not, not funny anymore. Let it be known that it's his Spidey sense. Because um, it's just it it ran its course. I've heard people say it since seeing the movie on Tuesday, um, and it's it, it's it's done. Stop it. Um, <laughs> so don't let that be in the third movie. It, it's Spider Sense or Spidey Sense. Um, but AJ, is there anything else you wanted to to highlight from uh, Far From Home? I actually
2: have two things to expand on from what you said about um, the PS4 Spider-Man and Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, for PS4, I for the PS4 Spider Man, I feel like I honestly think that the team for um Spider Man for the PS4 and the team in the MCU actually work together for this movie because of the um the swinging from Peter. You mentioned all the action sequences from Peter and the elements with the robots and all that, and also. Including the illusions with um um oh my god not for that's name Mysterio. um it, it felt uh, for me when I saw that it just felt like exactly like the illusions that were in um, the PS4 it felt lifelike and I just thought that that was probably like some of the best um special effects even uh, I'll even put it on the same grounds as like Doctor Strange special effects. So that's that's one of the things I want to talk about. The other one, um, you mentioned the ultimate um, ultimate Spider-Man. And as soon as you said that, I felt, I was like, I have many theories on what they should do for the future of the Spider-Man movies. They can have um, White Tiger. They can have Iron Fist. They can have Nova, which is being, which is being, um,
0: no, I'm glad Wrong. you're saying this. I, I'm just telling you now, Joel's going to hear this, this episode and completely lose, lose his mind. He hates that. I I've <laughs> said this. I said when, when they started filming Homecoming, and they said Zendaya was casted as a mysterious role, uh, word came out that she was MJ, but then they came out and said she's not Mary Jane Watson, but she's not Mary Jane Watson. She's MJ, but not Mary Jane Watson. Um, I immediately said, Z- Zendaya does not seem like a damsel in distress. I feel like she wouldn't accept the role. So I thought, who could she play that she's, you know, she's able to defend herself, she's fighting. And then I thought, what if she was a uh, white tiger? And then Joelle immediately was like, no, Joanne, you love the animated show. That's a stupid idea. She's not. Um, and I still hold out hope that she could be. She's obviously not going to be, um, but I, I, I'm saying I love that idea. That was my original idea because I love the Drake Bell um, Ultimate Spider-Man show. Um, I, mean, I, just, I wanted to highlight how much Joel's probably throwing up listening to this uh, because he despises the idea of doing anything from that cartoon um, because, trust
2: me, I There's tried so it so much honest, you
1: can but, do. You can do right Web
2: Warriors, you can do everything from literally just that cartoon alone. I feel like it'll work for the MCU. I, I don't oh, agree. Yeah. I don't agree that Zendaya should be White Tiger because White Tiger is one of the best martial artists and in, in M C U even I feel like even better than Iron Fist. That's my personal opinion. But I feel like that that um, all those characters would be incredible in the Spider-Man universe or MCU in general.
0: I agree. I, I tell you this: we'll definitely get an Into the Spider-Verse um, with Tom Holland way before we'd ever get a White Tiger or anything like that. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you this: if you want a White Tiger, the best way to get it is if we get Craven.
1: Excuse yes. me for part
0: three. If we don't get Craven for part three, that's the only way that that you could really. Um, Introduce White Tiger to where it makes sense. Um, so I can almost guarantee you we probably won't ever get White Tiger. Um, AJ, me and you could dream, man. We could hope. We could hope that one day they decide to give us White Tiger. Um, but yeah, that that is our amazing review. I do want to make sure I say this before I close out. Make sure you guys um, are following us on Stardust. Um, we have started a new partnership with Stardust. Dom and Tia actually have reviews already on there. Dom has a review on there for Spider-Man: Far From Home, so make sure you guys check that out. We'll probably be having ones for uh, for Stranger Things. You guys are not gonna like my take on Stranger Things, but I'll save that for when we actually do a review on it. Um, but yeah, make sure you guys are, are checking us out at start on Stardust. Sorry, download the app where you could. Check out people's uh, on-the-spot reactions to movies, TV shows, trailers. Uh, it's the best way to get a few seconds of someone's opinion uh, if you don't want to listen to a very long review show. Uh, you can follow us. Um, our, our name on there is GZ, uh, Nation GVNation12. Follow us on there, um, and you guys can see all of our reviews. Uh, so a huge shout-out to Dom and Tia who have the first two videos on there, and a huge shout-out to Stardust for partnering with us. Um, but we had a great review. We covered everything about Spider Man. Um, huge shout out to Tia for for mentioning that. Not really a hallway scene, but like a hallway scene where Peter just went full Spider Man. Um, best Spider Man I've again I've ever seen is Tom Holland.
3: I can uh, I can dream. Guys, right? I I can dream that they got that inspiration from the Defenders universe. All right, I can just I can dream that look, John Watts was watching and he was like, "Damn, that shit is badass." Let's get that in this movie. <laughs> I'll say this to you: we have
0: nothing telling us that he did. So you know that you could be, you very well, very likely could be a hundred percent accurate on that. Um, but it was a great, great, great scene, nonetheless. In um, a great movie. So, huge congrats to John Watts, uh, Kevin Feige, Tom Holland, Zendaya. Um, I do believe Kanan is working on a possible interview with one of the main cast members of Rock from Home. So, stay tuned for that. Um, but stay tuned, guys. We have uh, Geek Vibes Live coming up this weekend, Top 10. Um, so, stay tuned for all that. And until next time, guys, peace. Have a good one.
3: Peace.